This episode of the Sounding Board podcast is brought to you by Drinkwise. You won't miss a moment if you drinkwise. And don't miss your chance to meet Hutchie and Damo at our first ever live Sounding Board podcast event. Next Thursday, July 22nd at the Astor Theatre in St Kilda. Hutchie and Damo are teaming up with Caroline Wilson and Corey Perkin from Don't Shoot the Messenger to present a live podcast. All proceeds go towards supporting the Breast Cancer Network of Australia. Thanks also to our supporting partner, Red Energy. 100% Australian electricity and gas. To book your tickets, head to the links in the show notes to this episode. This is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Good to have your company on the sounding board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. You'll also never miss a moment if you choose to drink wise. Episode 24, Series 6. And unusually in the past 18 months, we're back in the same studio together. Damien Barrett, Craig Hutchison with you. And Archie, I've walked into your offices here today in South Bank and there's just scenes everywhere. You, you you were locked away in your office. You had your computer set up. You had people running in and out. And I've, I've actually just ascertained how and why and what's going on. There's issues again with your new ownership of the Perth Wildcats. The, the coach has walked out. Hello, Hello. Damo. Thanks for that nice ovation. Thanks for that very calm and welcoming introduction, Damo. Nice to see you in the It was the confronting walking in. I just walked in and there were cameras, there were people running around. And, and I've had to actually go back online to see what was going on, as I do these days, to keep up with your life, your soap opera life. And the Alistair Clarkson of the NBL world has walked out. Well, he's taken a, an opportunity in the NBA. So Trevor Gleeson, who is the coach of the Perth Wildcats, five-time premiership coach, one of the greats of the NBL been a huge legacy figure, not only in the history of the Perth Wildcats, but also in the NBL. Yep. Has attracted an offer from the NBA that he intends to- Do you know where? Which club? Accept. Oh, yeah, I do. Of course I do. Can you tell us? No, I can't. That's not- See, uh, see, this is where you are conflicted, because normally you would be telling everything you know about a certain topic. Well, I only know because it was shared with me in the basis of asking for the release and complicating things a little bit further is that it is- we're not yet- the custodians of the team. So okay. our bid to take the Wildcats comes into effect subject to final league approval on July the 30th. So okay. Trevor, as he said today at his press conference, was contracted to the Wildcats. He's got the, the opportunity of a lifetime in the NBA, which is the biggest sporting league in the world, certainly in basketball and one of the biggest brands in the world. It's been a lifelong dream. You can't dispute his service. He's done an unbelievable job as a country Victorian from yeah. Warnable all the way to the NBA. Five-time winning coach. Five-time Two-times win- coach of the year. I quickly Googled before we coach came Coach of in. the year a month ago. <laughs> Six finals. And so that is third coach of the year. And yeah. he and his, his wife Dawn and their family have been an incredible part of the community in Perth, of the Perth of the Red Army. And he made a very fair-minded request to the owners, and both present and future, of whether we would release him to pursue his dream and his opportunity. And I challenge anyone in that situation, given what he's done for Perth, what yeah. he's done for the competition – and the, to- and the tone and the manner that he's gone about and done it, whether anyone would be mean-spirited enough to not release him from the last year of a contract to go and pursue his yep. lifelong dream as a country kid from Victoria. You, you to couldn't say no to that, could you? Even though when you put your money into this club, you, you would have thought this is the, the one issue you don't have to worry about, at, yeah, least, at least for one yeah, season. I, I think given that's the contract. fair. Like, there had been rumours that he had attracted offers from 
Asia and other areas. And we certainly asked the question as you would along the way through. And at that stage, there wasn't anything like this on the table. So I nearly fell off my chair, Damo, when the phone, the phone <laughs> rang, rang yesterday because it's an abnormal situation. But it is uh, clearly one that you couldn't... I think the Wildcats and indeed everything that we've been on, if, if you... You want your people to achieve their dreams, right? So, yeah. If that if the biggest league in the world comes knocking and offers an opportunity to move overseas with your family, and like it's a, it's all I'll say is it's a magnificent opportunity for him. Yep. And we had to acknowledge and respect that he deserved it. You know, so it's no good for us, but a great day for him yep. and Dawn and his family. And from tomorrow, we will absolutely be in the market to find the best coach. We can to continue the great legacy of the Wildcats. I've known you well enough now, Hussey, to know that you will now immediately spin this into the positive, that this is a, an opportunity for the Wildcats and, and you as the new owner of the Wildcats to, to head no, down a different path. There's, there's no spin at all needed because it's just generally a good day for him and his family. So I'm happy yeah. I'm happy for him. And my, I've only had brief dealings with him, but been super, super impressed. So will you be hands-on in the, the coach search as part of your new job requirements as owner? Today's, today's all about... Trevor and his family, and I think that's best left there. And tomorrow we'll turn our minds to it pretty quickly. Have you got one in mind already, Hatsy? I know the way you think. So you got the phone call yesterday, as you've now revealed on the sounding board. You would have, and respectfully, I'm not not trying to get a a rise out of you here, you would have obviously given due reference and and reverence to Trevor Gleeson himself and family, as you've just done. But you would have put the phone down and gone, right, what do we do? I know know you well enough to know that. And, And if you're not doing that, you're probably not doing due justice to your new role. Yeah, your mind quickly turns to what are the options and how how do we go about it. It's new, it's new territory for for me and for us, and it's a little bit um, compounded by the timing, obviously. But then nothing is not achievable. And you know, Mike and the team at the Wildcats, who uh, the current owners were of the same view as us as the pending owners, that it was absolutely the right thing from a humanity point of view to support. How have our friends in Perth Media received you, Hutchie? Because I haven't uh, ascertained any negativity to this point, which is which surprises me a bit. The Melbourneian coming in, telling them how to run their their the most successful sporting organisation effectively in Australian sport. Well, they love Lockie Reed, and the fact that I look a bit like him helps. I think the fact that I get mistaken for him is positive, <laughs> which I said the other day on the on the uh, press event in Perth. But look, it's they love the team, and they and the Perth community are a big part of that team. Like the sense of community around that club, and I can't wait for you to come over and have a look at it at some stage. It is amazing. I've experienced it from the other end. Mm. It, the community there and the way that it intersects with the team is you can't actually invent that. You can't put that on a on a business plan. It's its a native part of the Well, it's a, it's a unique city in, a, in this country, isn't it, to start with? They love, Perth. The, they love the, the team. They view it as their own, and so they should, and it is. It is their own. And we're the custodians of it in the public markets, but we're, we're going to support its community objectives. And Trevor was a huge part of the community. Look at what he'd done with the pink game and the way the town had supported him through his battle with with Dawn and their family. And I, you know, I, I think today was it was great to see him celebrated a little bit at the press event an hour ago and to see some of the legends turn up. But I, I think it's, it speaks to the way that the Perth community handle things. So yeah, I mean, don't worry about us. We'll be right. We'll dust ourselves off and. Well, and go again, Damo. And, and you're back, Hutchie. You haven't been around for a while. You've, oh, by the way, you've been holidaying, or have you? What have you been doing? Well, it, you haven't been too the first thing I've clean noticed. on not so not so clean. You haven't been too clear on where you've been, Hutchie. I, I've I've got a sneaking suspicion you might have had a month off. For all I know, a month off. You think so? Have you even, looked, even though you bought a, have you had a, a look basketball club, what's been in, going on? Got New Zealand happening. Frame. Got New Zealand launching Monday. 
We've got Perth launching in two weeks, so it's been a little bit busy, Dome, it must be said. But what I'm relieved about yep. is how rested you look. Oh, do and I? there's a reason for that. <laughs> there's a reason for that. I've got secret paperwork here. It's hit my desk. That, that, hit, that's the running sheet Jane just gave you, which you haven't looked at yet, but yep. It's hit my desk <laughs> that the great backyard blue is over. The After the, of course, Watergate, literally, as in the water from the next door neighbours into your house, which flooded the place, which then caused you to launch a claim against them and them against no, you and their building. insurance has covered it all. Hutchie. You've been at war with the neighbours. In fact, give me a little bit of the neighbours theme song, Jane. There we go. Neighbours, everybody needs good neighbours. There it is. With a little understanding. Fantastic. So, Damo, you're bringing music now. 18 months back in Brighton after the great neighbour blue, which ended up with uh, legal letters, including one to me saying, don't mention this again on the podcast. (laughs) You're back in. And (laughs) you're now back next door, neighbour. What are you going to do when you run out of sugar? (laughs) How are you going to play that? You can't go to the right of the house because you've still got a cold war. Does anyone do that anymore? Does anyone go to a neighbour's for sugar? sugar. Like like we used to in the good old days, actually. Does anyone knock on the door anymore at houses? If it does, I don't answer it. (laughs) Do you? If you don't know who it is, you don't answer it. That that says my policy. I saw this as a comedy sketch recently, but once upon a time, if someone knocked on your door, you'd be excited. Someone's at the door. Come on in. Can I get you a cup of tea? Who else is at the front? Bring him in now. You're like hide behind the couch when someone knocks on your door. The dog's a good boy. The dog charges up and barks. And and then you half open the door. Hello? What can I do for you? It's usually usually someone you don't want to speak to, isn't it? Defensive now. So... You and the neighbours, you're going to have those awkward moments when you pull the car up and you've got to do a little nod or acknowledge or how are you going to play it? I don't know, Archie, but you're Did the you only one. Did you feel uneasy that... going back in? No, not at all. It's 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 fantastic to be back in. Have you had to I'm build... very grateful for the experience. Have you had to build a bit, a few extra shutters or something? You know where you'd go wrong? If the fences are 50... Here we go. You've got a little, little, uh, the fences... little brain thing going on now, haven't you? The fences are 50 A little light bulb's gone off. What are you going to do? Yeah. Well, the fence technically under the... the um, Land Act yeah. is a 50-50 cost, right? Now you're a Land Act expert, are you? Yeah. So my fear is if something goes wrong, say you lose a paling on the fence and it needs repair, yeah. that's when things are going to come to a head. You've got to knock on the door and say, oh, a bit of an awkward one. I know we don't like each other anymore, but uh, how are we going to fix the back fence? And I'm not paying for it. You bike started it. You guys started it. So I'm worried about your next door neighbour. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if the Daily Mail got this shot at some stage. Oh, what? Of you walking past the said neighbour's house who you've been in a legal battle with for 18 months. Like they did with Jimmy Bartell walking past his former yeah. place I, of abode. I, I think you're very... Remember that one? When they, when they actually thought that they could then put in, he may have been thinking about once yep. living there with... Seriously. You're very papable on this. Oh, yeah, yep. right. Yep. Except no one cares, Hutchie, except you. Yep. You're the only person who's really cared about this story. Are you a big homebody? Yeah, I think, I think it's fair to say I am. Because, yep. I, I, you know, I've got no feel for the home environment at all, right? I'm, you've got better, I'm I think. Barely there. I think you've got better. I, and, and part of your warming has has it that I, you now talk I, about <laughs> your time at home. So explain this to me, and there'll be others that will understand this. My partner, Claire, is really excited about compost bins. <laughs> now, I overheard a conversation yesterday at Junior Footy. That is a phrase I never thought I'd hear you say. So, Keep going. Not only is excited about compost bins, but understands exactly what does and doesn't go in the compost bin now. <laughs> so eggshells go in, don't they? Now, I'm a pretty simple guy. No, Jane's shaking I, her head. My, Jane's my, a compost expert. My partner, Claire, has got a great social agenda, so I I, bowed, I defer to her uh, good, grace, good grace on this, and I think it's a fantastic 
on behalf of the family that she's environmentally aware and I'm naive. So I, I don't back away from that. I've got a little bit to learn. But tell me, once upon a time with bins, you yep. used to have one bin. You go outside and you put something in the bin. I can't believe we're having this conversation, but now, I'm, I'm enjoying about where it could go. Now you need to be MacGyver to work out what goes in what bin. <laughs> MacGyver, yeah. Like, honestly, you need, a, you need a degree in physics to work out which bin. Well, has your council got three or, or two? Well, I, I'd say I'm, I'm not... I'm you not... wouldn't even know where your bins are, I'd imagine, actually. I do, Is but... Oh, no, you, would, you would in the house. You'd know it's probably under the sink, have, but have you, you wouldn't even know where they go at the back, would you? Have you got onto the compost bin craze yet? No, we don't have it. Has he, is our, it a our courtyard's Our courtyard is about bring Jane in four metres by three metres. We don't do this very often, but it's a big issue. We're going to bring Jane in, our producer. Jane, can you explain the compost <laughs> bin fad that's going on around the place? Hachie, 40% of your carbon footprint is derived from your food choices. Oh. If you're just whacking the Uber Eats bag straight into... <laughs> The hard, the, the hard waste. Which she would be doing. I'm sure Claire is composting all of the Uber Eats bags. The eggshells, dry them, crush them, Damo. Not straight into the compost. They don't go straight in. This is woke <laughs> 101. <laughs> My dad back in the house we used to have in North Melbourne used to do a compost. This is back in 1975, I reckon, Hutchie. Yep. I reckon the last time I've used the word compost until this conversation. Yeah, well, I, I sat and listened to a seven-minute conversation. And he put the eggshells in, by the way, Joe. At junior footy. Like it was – I couldn't believe it. So – there's a, it, it raised my spectre on a few things. It, why is it so difficult these days to work anything out? You know the other one? I'll give you a couple others. What's happened to you? I'll give you a couple others, well, don't I? Actually, what has happened to you? When Once upon a time, you'd go to a hotel and you'd turn the shower you, on. Well, you, you famously lived you'd, in a hotel for three years in Melbourne. You'd turn the shower on, right? Yeah. Now you need a degree in water economics to work out how to turn a shower on a hotel. <laughs> no, there we are. that's not a new thing. That, 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 that used to be when you go overseas sev- for the first time, certainly to Europe, and you wouldn't know how to use it. There's 15 different ways to distribute the water. There's seven different buttons. You've got to go, there's a top shower, a bottom shower, a side-by shower. That one doesn't work if this one does. What used to push in goes out. What used to push out goes in. You can't turn left. It used to be left for hot and right for cold or whatever it was. Now you actually need to read a book before you go into a PhD on how to turn a shower on. You do. Here's another one. In 1980, as a six-year-old, I could go to the television and I could change a rank around a TV with a knob. Yep. Now you try and change a TV. <laughs> Honestly, you need, to, you need to be you need to be Bill Gates to work out how to yeah, change the channel. I think you've become an old there's man six, since have, I've seen you last. There's 600 options. You're talking about compost, putting a shower on, and changing a channel. You got... <laughs> This is what old people do, Hutchie. They talk about this stuff. You stay somewhere other than your own home. You try and work out the television in the house. It's not possible. I think you need to get out more. It's not possible. <laughs> you go to a hotel or a holiday I house I think or Trevor Gleeson quitting's got to you. You, you actually now, you now need to get the kids to program the TV for you. Hey, guys, we're, sorry, you're just coming to this house, and I know you're only seven, but I really need to work out just how to watch Channel 9. Can you figure that out for us? Oh, I can get you on to... Uh, I can get you on to no, kids. Yeah, a seven-year-old kid would say, what's free-to-air TV? Yeah. <laughs> I, kid can get, they, they, they wouldn't even know what free-to-air TV is, Archie. You can get a direct feed from the mountains of, of Italy and watch a botching tournament through a streaming service, but you can't work out how to get Channel 10. Have you noticed that? <laughs> Not really. No, I don't like, how to get Channel 10. I'm a simple guy. <laughs> Surely there's one button I can push to change the channel. I'm still getting my head around you talking about compost. <laughs> can, we, can you get oh, a here's, photo Here's an idea for all the streaming bin. services out there. Before we work out which is the best and which is the worst in the economic model, can we work out a simple way to consume them? Or can we work out a proper way to get proper yep. MBN into your houses? Why can't we now have an aggregated digital password 
for everything we do. Like it's 2021. Surely you can say, Damo, your your code word is the warrior 74, 71. And yours is compost. And you go to any device now, Netflix, Apple, Optus for the Euro, whatever it is, and you just put your own password. You got a you got a you got a streaming ID. Yeah. Surely there's a way to aggregate that service other than having nowadays you actually need a book to carry your passwords. Oh. <laughs> How many, how many passwords do you reckon you have in life? A hundred? Yeah. hundred? Yeah. Nah, there'd, there'd be a, a, a core group of a dozen. There you go. Yeah, but there, there, how many? But are, you never remember which one's which at the time you need How it. many times do you sit there and go, oh, oh am I, for this device, am I that password? Yeah. So you then try and work out uh, the, the timeline of when you started your new one. And I think I set up that account after that date. So, yep. yeah. I actually had someone come in and create a file for me with all my passwords on it, right? And that, that would have been a waste of time because you so, would have lost, you would have not known how to access well, how's this? the file. It had a password. <laughs> and I can't remember the password to get into the password file. <laughs> That's a true story. And Archie, here you are running a, a company that turns over $100 million. You're buying a basketball club for $40 million. Your coach walks out on you and you're talking about compost and not knowing your passwords. I reckon. What is going on? I reckon it should be simple. Don't you think? <laughs> are, we, are we recording this? The, the skill of life is to create simplicity in the product, isn't it? Yes. What, what? Why in 2021 have we made everything so so complicated? More, the products that were already simple have been made more complicated. There'll be people out there to agree. I know I'm not a um, a modern um, con- consumer of, of of these areas, but I I do believe. And our our head of Digi here is a master at Ricky. You've heard him on this. Keep yeah. it. Make the product for the simple, <laughs> like me. Can you? <laughs> I. I don't know where to go with this. I don't know whether to keep going with this conversation <laughs> or, or move it on to the I wanted, normal. I wanted to get that off my, off my chest. <laughs> I now, think you should bring in bring in something each week now on this on this um, topic. Where else the world's gone wrong, according to Hutchie, I reckon. Every week now. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I know I'm sounding like an old guy here, and I, we are we are aging, you and I. Let's be honest. Yeah, but surely but you, you've aged thirty years in the past month since I last saw you with this conversation. No, but I, I'm just using some extreme examples to make a point. Surely we're in the solutions business, and if the solution isn't greater than the original problem, that doesn't need the, some things don't need solutions. The the, the key actually is Hachi to continually to complicate because that requires another layer of service somewhere that you need to access and usually pay for. I think you're onto something. Like I, that, that, no, that's yeah. how it's set up. I'll, yeah. Like I'll give you an example of that. Phone charges, right? That's the margin in the product. Five years ago, your battery was five times better than it is now, no matter what your device is. You can't tell me in that time- We've had these the conversations best tech, the best for 20 tech years. Mi- the best tech minds in the world. You reckon batteries are a rot, don't you? <laughs> I reckon that the whole aim is to try and get people to buy six charges a year each at $40 each and make a $240 annuity revenue stream or $20 a month. Yeah. Out of having to get your phone charged because it's it's a sticky product. Once you, once I've got you with a phone, and, and and to further that conversation we had about another service creating another service, you steal people's battery charges. So no, so that, I'll, that I'll walk around. requires those people to buy I've got, the one. I've got a phone charger in my pocket, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Now no, in twenty twenty one, plug that in somewhere or leave that somewhere and lose that one and steal someone else's. I've seen you do it. In twenty twenty one, we can create a world built on AI. We can build an economy based on Bitcoin, but we can't actually solve how to keep your phone not running out of battery. <laughs> You're trying to tell me that there isn't a solution to that problem? They want you to plug your phone into a device, Hachi. 
Of course I do. To it's, track you for starters. It's, it's, it's all margin. Oh, it's not to track. It's just to, it's just to create revenue. Like they're tracking you before you plug it, it in, don't they? It's they're not tra- tracking you by the record. When I say track you, to track your movements, to, to know what you've been doing in terms of what works commercially. That's already happening by your phone, Dammer. Anyway, I got a little bit off point there, but you're back yeah. in the house. Welcome back. <laughs> oh, we're back to that, are we? Yeah, okay. Welcome back. Yeah. And no, no, we don't have a compost uh, bin, Hutchie. Right. Can I, can I do Can I do your Christmas Kris Kringle for the neighbours? I've got a few ideas. <laughs> compost and Kris Kringle. There's two concepts I didn't think I would ever have caused to discuss with you, Hutchie. Well, you got a bit punchy in the podcast last week, so I thought it was lighten up a bit today. Did I? What was I punchy oh, about? You punchy about uh, I, I took you on, on the... Uh, Hawthorne press conference stuff, and he didn't like it. Hey, tell me. Because no, you had a very naive view of it. A couple of things I wanted to I want to talk about Kevin Rudd. Yes. Can we go there now? Yeah. <laughs> We're done with compost? Yep. Well, let's, let's talk Co- about the media side of this as opposed yep. to the, actually the story. So we, we are talking back in now what's had become our traditional time slot of Monday afternoon on this particular week. Uh, on the Monday morning offerings of the ABC platforms, I think it was Laura Tingle uh, had written a story, broken a story, which I believe to be factual, Hutchie. Kevin Rudd had assisted Australia's hastening of the Pfizer vaccine process. Now, yep. for those who want to get the full details, go and access it yourselves online. The reason we're talking about it today is the federal government has clearly taken umbrage at Kevin Rudd being in a positive story about a vaccine rollout, which they have totally botched to this point, this government. So in the last hour or so, before we're talking today, Hutchie, we've had um, Hunt and Dutton issue pretty strongly worded statements decrying Kevin Rudd's possible involvement in this process. What do we come to as a nation when this well, happens? There's a few interesting angles here. So it's a, it's a decent yarn, obviously. And it, it's a good yarn. It's a great yarn. So well under the story. The story may be fully true, or it may be there might be a version of that story. There's some true. truth in there, yeah. the way I've read it's, it. It's yeah. not truthless, all right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a good. Way. Which is how it was pitched by the Liberal Party today. Yes. As, as, it was thrown away as truthless-ish, yeah. right? Yeah. Which was their they're, they're already worrying their defence mechanism. Yeah, well, they're worrying enough vaccine. Like if you if you're the PR person at the Liberal Party. On the weekend and going, okay, we've got through the week. We're under CG, 7% of the population. We've just got to find a way to November, December. I mean, nothing could go wrong. I mean, surely we're not going to get an ex-Prime Minister bob up and weigh into us. And take credit for the, yeah. the deal we've just struck. Oh, and then, by the way, Turnbull was thrown on the retweet and the, I can't believe it took Kevin to do this. <laughs> their, their marriage of- I forgot uh, that bit about it. Their yeah. alignment is, is next level. <laughs> he, he's actually, he's, he's becoming completely aligned. The story will have some truth in it. I suspect it's probably not all the truth. It was. It was obviously clearly leaked from either. Do you? I was going to get to this point of it. Do you believe Kevin Rudd may have been central to the distribution of the information about himself in a positive flight, Hutchie, well, either put, either directly or indirectly? Because I'll answer that before you do. Well, put it this I way. do. Put it this way. He's a notorious leaker. Yep. One of the best. If leaking was an Olympic sport, he's our Michael Phelps. He's got 23 gold medals in the history, right? Yep. He's been notorious media manager, as has many prime ministers. He's not, not the lone ranger there, so not not sitting in judgment of him. He's used it as a tool. Over well, we arguably got into the office on the back of the K. Rudd sort of catch yep. phrase, didn't he? Put it this way. Do you think it was the Pfizer board that leaked it? <laughs> do, you reckon someone, do you reckon someone there rang... Uh, is, that, is that Australia? Uh, yeah, it's a Pfizer office here in New York. Just one you might want to get across. Do you reckon it was them? I doubt it. I reckon they've got enough 
to, to yeah. worry about and deal with around the so world. So it was either the probability it was someone who Kevin told, and I, knowing Kevin, he probably told 50 people, and that, that opens the pool. And hope that it got back to yeah. someone? It, it, it was either deliberately leaked by someone on his behalf, or it was innocently leaked by a whole raft of people he told. So News Limited might have had it, but just in keeping with their platforms recently, they wouldn't have wanted to touch well, that's it. That's an interesting one. If, I think if it hits their desk, despite their detest for Kevin, the, I think the story in this occasion almost trumps the angst. But it would be interesting oh, if they knew. It depends who in News Limited might have got their hands on it. I, well, unless they traded it, unless they said, <laughs> hey, um, we've become aware Kevin Rubber's in this meeting. Now, that could be tomorrow's story. Or we could turn a blind eye to that, and you might want to think about something for us for Wednesday or Thursday. <laughs> Another positive story on the federal government. Well, no, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't doubt, I wouldn't diss the possibility of a trade on that if they were aware of it. I, 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 yep. I don't know, but it's um, it clearly he clearly he told others, and it clearly was in his interest for it to be known. Yep. Um, the only other possibility is that the business people were not named in the story, so it's possible one of them. But generally, if you look for who the source of a story is, see if you can find someone involved who hasn't been named, and then you'll get close to the source if not them. So the possibility that it was one of the business types. Big noting him or herself? No, no. That, it said this began with a group of business yes. people yeah. concerned, right, who are American-based. It didn't name those business people, which to me suggested maybe one of them was involved in letting Laura know. Yep. Or connections to and leave our name out of this, but... I think if I'm a bookmaker, Hutchie, and I'm framing a market on who may have put it out there, I've still got K. Rudd, $1.60, favourite. Put it this way, you're not giving money back if you run second on this one. <laughs> yeah. uh, he starts a warm favourite. While we're on a couple of media and topics... And if you the Liberal Party, it's, it's no good for you because you, they've, they've really got no quick fix on the public narrative on this. And, until everyone's vaccinated, yep. they, they can't... I can't fix the narrative on this. It's it's an un, it's an unfixable. I, I could not agree more. But they were very quick to put out press statements today, bemoaning Kevin Rudd having his name linked to whatever deal they've managed to strike in recent days with Pfizer. The hits are going to add up. And then they they looked silly last week when they said that they've fast tracked some vaccines, and then they, oh. they said no, no, we haven't. The, the vaccine themselves rejected it. But you and I, Hutchie, discussed it when when. Um, our Prime Minister, the soundbiter, actually dared to say some time ago, this is not a race. This is yeah. not a race. Well, you and I, I said I at the time that, it was, and we weren't the only ones, by the way, but that, it was a race back then. That quote's going to age. It was half time in the vaccine war. Because he talks in soundbites, to my yeah. point, he, he that was a nice soundbite for that day. This is not a race. It got picked up everywhere. And he was able to get away with it for two or three months until, hey, it has been a race, mate. It has been a race. It's interesting, the... The fact that he hadn't, the suggestion that he hadn't been on the phone himself, like, I don't know, if you're running, I mean, people say I'm too micro, if you're running something and there's something that important to what you're running at stake, surely you want to be on the phone and understand it. No, but they don't work that way, Hutchie. They don't because then there's an element of linkage to the outcome of that phone call or that story or that project. And they don't want any form of fingerprints on something that doesn't work. And let's face it, most things don't work with this government. Yeah, it looks like they took offence at the delegation the various vaccines, right? And the, and by the way, it, it's pretty clear now that Pfizer's a better option than AstraZeneca. And but at the time, a year ago, when you're trying to work through a list of vaccines on a wall, it's like mm. I, I'm not. I don't want to sound defensive, no. but it is a sort of. It's not a perfect science. I wouldn't think. No, it wouldn't be. But 
Whatever which is you why win. you'd want to be on the phone understanding yourself all the pros and cons. If you're going to have to sell it, my view is if you're going to be left with the consequences of it, you want to understand it all on the way through. They don't operate that way. Look at look at the the inquiry into the hotel quarantine here in Victoria. Yep. No, no one no one knows who spent the hundreds of millions of dollars on it. Yep. No one. And by anyway, the way, by the way, just not last one on that. Just to give it, if I'm Scott Morrison, I'd be saying, "Hey, Kevin, listen, you had your go. You might think I'm making a meal of this, right? And he is. And yeah, we've done some things wrong. Get the hell out of the way. <laughs> no, he's you're helping. In, you're intense. Kevin's great, helping. But if you want to help, ring me and suggest. And, and involve me in that process. Say, hey, I can help you set up a meeting here, and this is how we'll go about it. Don't go and take a meeting as a private citizen and then come back and, like, honestly, you, surely, surely you can't. <laughs> Ex-Prime Ministers can't be running around the world taking private meetings as private citizens and then saying, oh, by the way, I've set this up for you, Scott. <laughs> unless you they, Unless they just want the credit for it, Hutchie, which I think is part of this story. Hey, um, you alerted me, and I'm assuming others by extension, Hutchie, on this product anyway, of the... <sighs> Pending at the time and now real observations made by certain media outlets when it comes to the ownership of the uh, the Nine and Fairfax radio arm. Um, I'm referring to News Limited, obviously. Uh, radio ratings came out last week, and, and as always, they're, they're portrayed however the stations themselves want to portray them. News took a dim view or takes a dim view on the on the ratings of certain Nine products, don't they? Well, there's two big elements to this. I mean, and I'm just stating the obvious here. I'm not offering – this is probably better for you to offer opinion than me. But one, they're media competitors. So yep. they're going to be, if they're going to be covered, it's going to be less favourably than favourably. But they don't declare that. And, and the second thing is they've got Alan Jones as an identity they're trying to build on their own – Sky News. Sky News. News. Which has been, uh, from a television sense, a not traditional ratings haven, right? It's an area which performs better socially – and does it and is highly popular in snackable content. And if you looked at the Foxtel ratings, it's not you're not a towering success from a ratings. I think that's not being unfair to no. either end of that. So the, on the one hand, they're invested in the Jones future, and Jones coming off two GB, two GB relatively recently. Ben Fordham comes in. Yep. Initially started polling and rating well, much to the uh, chagrin of News Limited. For a couple of surveys, he was actually okay. But then come the most recent one, Hutchie, which is, I don't know, four or five or six or seven or eight into his time in replacing Alan Jones, it was still a good figure. But guess what? They could actually say he's well, it, slumped. It, it got pipped by another station for the first time, and certainly in nearly in my lifetime, and certainly in my lifetime in radio, it's the first time anyone's knocked off breakfast. And it's Kyle and Jackie O of all people who were- On the other band. A massive, a massive brand in their own right and been around for 15 years. So- I feel for Ben Fordham. I do. Because I think, and I, he's still rating in the teens. Yeah. Having followed on from a once in a lifetime radio identity in Alan Jones. Like they, the put the next Alan Jones is not, is not easily identified or sitting there as well, a. It's probably Ray Hadley, isn't it? Like there's not many people in Australian radio who move the dial when they move, the audience moves with them. We've talked about this before. Well, Ross Jackie. Stevenson would. Ross. My man. Ross, Neil. Neil. Kyle, Jackie O. James Brayshaw. Um, <laughs> now, James is un- James has a big following. I don't think he would move a mass audience, and I don't think he would say that he would either, but he would move audience. But I'm talking about like transformational of stations. And, and generational. And so Ben needs probably 10 years to develop that. And then it's a whole different – he's a different age group. It's a different – like 
It's a different uh, consumer behaviour. His podcast looks stronger than Alan's, for instance, but that gets drowned out in the in the narrative. That's in a different in way. The narrative that suits certain organisations to put out there. Well, it's twenty twenty one. People want to consume their content whenever they want, however yeah. they want. What did you make of the Rex Hunt feel situation, Hutchie? Um, was being used and, and was working late at night after Friday night and Saturday night AFL matches on 3AW where he became – I'm not exaggerating this, Hutchie, when I say this. That's my recollection of it. He was the single biggest identity in football, players included, I would say for six or seven, maybe a dozen years. Um it's ended badly again for Rex in terms of how his relationship with 3W right now is, given he's now been taken off air. And it was his choice as much as the networks. In fact, I do believe the statements made that he chose to stand down after what happened on the weekend where he said things on radio that he wouldn't have said in, in a normal circumstance, whatever that is in this day and age. But what did you make of it, Hutchie? Because you employed Rex Hunt at one stage of the early days of, of your foray into yeah, the, the a, regional platform. He was a really important part of our our story and our growth, and we loved our time together uh, with he and, and Lynn and their family. Yeah, my, when I heard the audio, my overwhelming feeling was just, you know, worried about him. Yeah, I was sad to hear. I mean, the, the, the theatre in it um, had me, I suppose, laughing at times, at, at parts of it, but then you absorb, hang on, this has actually gone to air because you hear it just on a snapshot yeah, on the phone. And then that was, I was sad because you knew there was going to be an outcome for that act, and the outcome was that he's not on air again and, yeah. and quite possibly never again. Yeah, so my just overwhelming feeling was was concern, you know, worried about him, hoping he's okay, hoping he and the family are okay. They've obviously had a lot of challenges as a family, which he's been quite public about, and, you know, my just overwhelming feeling was care, I guess. Yeah. And I, I saw him at uh, Sam's funeral and... It was the first time I'd seen him for a while, and, and Lynn as well. It was nice to see them and have a have a chat. But yeah, I just you know, I, I don't think that it, I don't think that is Rex. Do you know what I mean? I don't think. Well, that... it, it is Rex though. He's done it before. I, yeah. I mean, he has brought these yeah. matters to a public, and, and they and they couldn't walk walk past that behaviour, and 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 Craig Moore doesn't deserve that treatment. No. Their their producer. So I I I think it was. Common sense. And I don't even think Craig Moore actually had had uh, done anything on the said night either, from what I've been told. Now, I haven't checked it out, so, so the, don't hold me to account on that, but that's yeah. what I've been told on it, just ha- having had that fed back to me without me seeking that information. So it's not our business, but I, I, I look like everyone handled it the right the right way. Yep. But I, I, I still, not to defend the behaviour, but just worried about him. Do you still think the Olympics will... Go ahead as oh. planned. <laughs> and are, you, are you even giving? You, you've been emphatic they're not happening. I know I haven't been emphatic they're not happening. I, I still can't get my head around that they are, yep. given we the world is in pandemic mode and um, there's obviously no spectators now. That was the most recent. Yep. I mean, it's, it's it's there comes a point when why are we doing it? And, and I get I get a large proportion of the why, but I still think the overriding why doesn't. Doesn't mean they should go ahead, Hutchie. That's just my opinion on it because uh, the whole Olympic ideal is to involve everyone with it. And immediately we are putting barriers up upon athletes being able to get even into certain states in order to qualify for their countries. And that happened, as you know. And then we get to the games themselves and no spectator can attend. That That's all part of it. It also will be three weeks of celebration of support around the world, of a global message, of a reminder we can see each other again. Than others. I, I think that I understand your, your view, not here to debate it, 
but I, I think the pros outweigh the cons of, of going ahead. You, some, at some point in life, you just got to get on with things and do the best you can. I agree. But holding an Olympic Games in the middle of a pandemic, well, it, so it goes I, against... Actually, we've got a shut on the border of this country. What's the worst thing that could happen? It breaks out pretty seriously again. In Tokyo? Yeah. Well, It, it, it already is it already, breaking out. It already is. Like I'm not, I'm not certain. You know, the, I think the the benefits outweigh the risk. And I and I I feel for the athletes who have to, um, I guess squander their moment of celebration and collaboration and got to get out of the country the next day and it's it's tough on them. But it would be tougher to have gone five years of training and not give the athlete a payoff for that effort. Yep, I think. Let's uh, head to question of the week time for Drinkwise. On the sounding board, it's our question of the week for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. Go to the media question specifically again, Hutchie. Sean Callanan on Facebook. Uh, you guys have talked about Tom Brown taking over from Steve O at seven, but do you think he needs a wor- needs to work on his brand a bit more? Every big media name in Melbourne goes by a nickname. You get a mention, I get a mention here, Hachi, in this letter. Uh, Eddie, Lordo, J- TJ, JB, and he who should not be named. What nickname should Tom Brown start signing off with? Well, he's is, just, is short onto something here. He's one of those people you have to call both names. Tom Brown, Tom Brown, Tom Brown. He's not. He's like Barry Hall. <laughs> you can't just call him Brown. You can't just call him Tom. He's Tom Brown. <laughs> Why is he Tom Brown? Some people are two-namers. He's a two-namer. <laughs> have you ever heard Barry Hall called Hall in commentary? <laughs> He's Barry Hall, or, or he's Big Bad Barry Hall. He's Ed, never Ed, Eddie Betts is Eddie Betts. If yeah, if no, um, yeah. well, no, Eddie 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 travels. As, oh, as Eddie Eddie sort of travels. If, yeah, but if he's if he's getting the football, it's Eddie Betts, though, isn't it? If you if you if you watch Barry Hall, is always called both names together, and there are a lot of lot of them around. Yeah, and ba- Tom, back to our question from Sean: Does, does Tom when, need when you're a two namer, you don't get nicknames? So, so being a two two namer, according to Sean, is he being held back? Well, he's not a not a brownie type, is he? You look at him, you don't think brown, oh, there comes brownie. He's not like that. He's Tom Brown. He's like, but it could be TB. He Tom Brown. No, he's t- he's a two namer. Well, why not TB? Two namers. You wouldn't call him Hawley. They they miss out on the they miss out on the nickname when you're a two namer. You history says two namers don't get nicknamed. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, I would have liked to have thought we could answer that question better. I think you're onto something, but Hutchie took it down a path uh, that I didn't expect, and he's done that from uh, the very first you, minute of this probably add, episode 24 of Series 6. You could probably add a word at the front and make something like Turbo Tom or you know something like that. See, that that's not going to work. Tommy Turbo and the NRL is a great nickname, isn't it? But that's because of the surname being Trebovich. Yeah. That, that sort of works, doesn't it? It does. It's easy to say Turbo. Yep. All right, Sean, we tried. Maybe didn't get there, but that was the question of the week for Drinkwise. Yeah, do, you reckon, do you reckon Tom will be wanting an understudy like uh, Steve-O had with him? <laughs> do you reckon he'll be in there going, I reckon there's a till I see we can bring along here. Well, do you reckon he might want to have someone, the understudy, talks to the main man or main person? Because I don't think they talk that much, did they? Well, I'll tell you what he did. To, I ran into him. Did I tell you the story? Oh. I ran into him recently, like a couple of months ago, a month ago. And the first thing he said to me was, I heard you tell a story about how how the editors at ten, at seven, you left them the work and didn't want to get involved in the editing process late and it drove them all nuts and, I, and how you pre- predicted I'd be the same and bingo. 
<laughs> he causes the same carnage in the newsroom, I did. So that was nice to know. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not sure we've had a weirder episode than that one we've just had. You talking about compost bins, television remotes. There was that shower conversation, which I, I don't think Do you agree with me on the showers? <laughs> no, I've never had a problem They're complicated, with aren't they? Apart from that first time when I was in Europe, when I you had the three buttons, I'll give you that, but not in you Australia. You don't get around much. You, you generally... I've been around a fair bit, yeah. actually. Maybe not as much as you, but I've been around a fair bit. And I've never had I've, a problem, apart the, from one I'll, experience in Europe, of putting a shower on. I've travelled the country now for 10 years, and you do not get the same shower experience. Two, two hotels in a row. No, but the, but the water still comes out, Archie. Either turn it left or turn it right, or leave it in the middle. At some point, an engineer got in a room and said, you know what, this whole turn the tap on thing's just not working for anyone. Like, how was that not a, not a solution in the first place? And how that how you haven't worked out What we're going to do is we're going to try and make it harder. The remote control on a TV, Hachi. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you're going to start something. You're going to bring in something that the world gone little, wrong according to Hachi. A little bit week. of light relief today. No, I quite enjoyed it, actually. It was a, good. On a busy week, a little bit of, little bit of tongue-in-cheek fun. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. That was uh, episode 24 of Series 6 of the Sounding Board for DrinkWise. If you're choosing to have a compost bin or have a drink, choose to DrinkWise. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board Podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Drinkwise.